Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. You are listening to Mortification of Spin. My name is Todd Pruitt, and I'm joined as always by Amy Bird and Carl Truman. We're really happy that you joined us today. We want to step into the waters of controversy. Our friend Carl Truman seems to always be getting himself in trouble with the wrong people. And some of you may already know where I'm going with this. Not long ago, Carl published a very controversial piece wherein he made the stunning claim, and I say stunning claim intentionally here, people, Carl Truman made the stunning claim that Tim Keller is not, in fact, a literal Marxist. Carl, what do you have to say to yourself? Or for yourself, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you say all kinds of things to yourself, but what do you have to say for yourself? Well, it's interesting that article actually did not arise. I, you know, I was not sitting around thinking, what shall I write on? I know I'll, I'll defend Tim Keller from the charge of Marxism. Right. I was approached and asked if I would write it. And, uh, my initial thought was really, somebody's (laughs) actually got to write this piece. Uh, it took me about, I suppose about 45 minutes to, to knock it off one, one, on Thursday afternoon and send mm-hmm. it in. Um, just struck me as uh, that I was stating the obvious. Yeah. Quite fascinating, the reaction. Most fascinating is the fact that clearly some people read it as me comprehensively endorsing everything Tim Keller right. said in the past, in the present, and will say in the future. And, right. you know, I, I, I try to write as clear as I can. Maybe this, this sentence is a little ambiguous. Let me be clear, while respecting him as a brother in Christ, I'm not an acolyte of Reverend Keller. I disagree at points with both his theology and philosophy of ministry, nor do I share his love of the city. And I'm definitely not an optimistic transformationist as he is. I guess reading that, I can understand why some people came away thinking that I am an acolyte. (laughs) I totally agree with everything you've ever said theologically (laughs) or philosophically. Boy. Do I love the city? That's why I moved to. I guess, I guess I live just outside Grove City. That's why I moved from Philadelphia, so I can enjoy a truly urban environment for the Grove City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just as a little bit of background here, obviously there have been concerns raised uh, among a lot of. Uh, evangelicals and and, uh, both Southern Baptists and Presbyterians about the rise of of an emphasis that some see as unhealthy on issues of, quote, social justice. And Tim Keller has taken a lot of heat over this, and people have been accusing him of being a Marxist and a cultural Marxist. And so Carl writes this piece going, listen, here's what Marxism is. Here's what cultural Marxism is. I disagree with Tim Keller about a whole lot of things, but technically he's not a Marxist. And you would have thought Carl had written a long treatise on why Marxism must be embraced, and uh, it, it was it, it gave. I write for first things. They love <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was it was a great. The response to that article was a great window into kind of the outrage machine that operates oftentimes in the Twitterverse, where 
actual facts have become rather unimportant and the heat of the moment is all that really matters. Yeah, and I think one of, one of the points I'd want to make is that one of the reasons I, I agreed to write that article is I actually don't think the case against some of the crazy social justice stuff that's going on is helped by right. people mischaracterizing the position of people like Tim Keller. Right. Because when you factor out the craziness of the, of the, of the Twitter sphere, whatever, whatever you call it, when you, when you factor out the, the small but very loud-mouthed constituency on left and right that tend to dominate debates online, the vast majority of Christians are what I would call moderate, reasonable people. Mm -hmm. And nothing is likely to drive them to one extreme or the other. Nothing is more likely to do that than an extreme mischaracterization of an alternative position. Right. So, I mean, if somebody wants to say to me, Truman, you're a Marxist, I'd just, well, why don't you go and read the last 10 years of writing that right. I've done, right. where I have laid out some of my positive opinions on key social justice issues, mm -hmm. uh, and go and try and fit me up as a social justice warrior on the basis of my positive writings that I've done in that area. Right. As far as Tim Keller's a Marxist guy, I mean, I, we joked, I said, Maybe I should do a, a piece on, you know, Pope Francis is not a serial killer. Right. Which by the same kind of interpretive logic that, that some of my critics were using would presumably mean that uh, I absolutely endorse everything Pope Francis <laughs> is doing at the moment. Catholic Church. Right. It's a fairly narrow interest I had in that article. Right. And the, basically, it comes down to two things. One, you don't help your position by mischaracterizing those you're criticizing. Right. And two... If you're a Christian, you should try not to mischaracterize those you're criticizing because actually you're meant to tell the truth. Right. You're yeah, meant to obey the ninth commandment. Right. And I think Todd and I, we've both been on the receiving ends of slander in our yes, ministries. Exactly. And I think uh, that, that slander is rapidly becoming in the Christian world the acceptable sin. Absolutely. You can slander people and no one will hold you to account. Well, actually, it's one of the Ten Commandments like murder and adultery. Right. Right. Uh, and I think that the, the underlying my, my personal beef there was Tim Keller's being slandered at this point. I don't agree with him on a whole heap of stuff. Right. But I'm going to stand up for a man who's being slandered, as I yeah. would hope people would stand up for me in a similar situation. Yeah, yeah slander has now become, uh, you know, uh, telling it like it is. Well, yeah. no, it's slander. Or inventing it and then pretending mm -hmm. it. Right. And right. I think there's something that goes along with that dynamic, too. And it's like, what they're really trying to do in their argument is stir up fear. Mm -hmm. Instead of actually representing the other side well, like you're saying, if, if you're in a, making an argument, you want to be able to present your conversation partner's full argument in a way that they would agree mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. and, and, then, um, and if they don't, you need to have to have good reasons for why. And to just call somebody a Marxist, you know, which is a loaded term now where the meaning has all these different facets coming out of it. Um, it's, it's not only slandering, but I think it's also using this fear tactic. If you follow anything that Tim Keller teaches, then you're following Marxist teaching, which leads to, you know, this, this, and this. So I think it's a very powerful tactic, but. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the thing is, is that there are, there are plenty of things to, to pull back the reins on in terms of, some of the things being written and preached in terms of social justice. There's plenty of stuff that's concerning. There's plenty of ways to say, hey, listen, before we go too far down this road, remember our history. You can, you can engage in some really helpful and intelligent 
uh, critiques of some of the current emphasis on so-called social justice without lying, without slandering, and without saying stupid things. You know, just like, just like you can offer some helpful critiques of some things that Tim Keller has written, which deserve a helpful critique without lying, without slandering, and without saying something stupid. Yeah, and it, you know, it's been a perennial problem in the church. It's not unique to our age. The mm. mischaracterization of, of opponents right. is a hardy perennial of church history. Yeah. I think what we have today is that, that more and more people are able to do it in a public forum. Right. Uh, right. That you have Twitter, you have blogs, you have yes. YouTube. That yeah. right. Anybody it's, can perform in public now, and that's, that's problematic and I think has meant that a problem that's always been there but has generally been localized to water cooler type conversations yeah. can now be played out in front of the, the wider world. And I think it's, 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 it makes the church rather ugly without, uh, please don't, let's not get lots of emails saying Truman's gone seeker sensitive at this point. Right, right. But I'm going to say that I don't think it's impressive to my decent non-Christian right. neighbors right. to see the kind of way that some Christians talk about other Christians on the internet. I don't think that, well, I don't think that that, some of the hateful things that are said, and I'm not using hate speech in that broad sense of, hey, if somebody disagrees with me, right. they must hate me. I'm right. talking about real, abusive, mm -hmm. personal, direct, mm -hmm. offensive speech. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's consistent either with the Ninth Commandment or with Jesus' comment that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for each other. Right. You don't have to be some pious sentimentalist to think that Jesus is actually onto something there and there's... <laughs> His teaching has significance right. in the present day. Yeah, and, and part of what, what troubles me about um, the, the kind of irresponsible charges that are made, the slanderous charges that are made, the stupid comments that are made, is that those of us that do have what we believe is a legitimate concern about some of the things that are, that are being said and written in terms of social justice, is that then we're put in a position to have to, to defend <laughs> Yeah. Uh, these folks that we disagree with because you have some yahoos out there writing stupid things. And so, you know, because of social media, there's this unhealthy egalitarianism where if I have an opinion, um, it's just as good as anybody else's opinion, whether I've actually read anything from this person or if I've just read a blog about them. Mm. But, I mean, but my opinion ought to be heard. Well and truly hosed recently on, online relative uh -huh. to, uh, to your last book. Right. I mean, yeah. Amy was sending, I don't do Twitter, but I do get the tweets sent to me by mm. my beloved colleagues who are concerned <laughs> that my blood pressure might be too low. And uh -huh. <laughs> right. But I mean, Amy, you got thoroughly trashed. And of course, your daughter saw that. Right. Teenagers are on Twitter. And right. so I would say probably that many Christian leaders, teenage children are on Twitter. And to think that, you know, you're saying these things about people and their children are reading, like I, you know, I can read one thing and it, and it, it might affect me to read it, but it's a total different kind of effect when I know that my children might right. see it. And, and it's another, it's a bad witness to my children too, because this whole social media outlet to kind of amplify tribalism has gone way beyond just the tribalism to, to this, this angry name calling and a lot of times anonymous accounts and, and things like that so that you can be even more cruel without accountability mm -hmm. and assigned motives and things like this and never actually discuss the content. And right. I mean, that's the thing with the Tim Keller stuff. I mean, he's a well-known public figure in the Christian reformed world and, and, and beyond. And he's written a lot of wonderful things. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so we need to, we need to 
think critically about and, and be able to, well, kind of like Alan Jacobs says in his book, How to Think, we need to have loving hearts and healthy minds as we engage in, in all these things. And, and I will say one thing, I've had lots of people who are elders even hurl names at me and everything like that on social media. Mm-hmm. And one time when I said something um, that Tim Keller kind of disagreed with, or actually has written in an opposite point of view, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we were talking on the podcast, kind of maybe poking a little fun at that point of view, right. <laughs> even in a playful way. Um, he emailed me a very kind email. He is a decent guy. Right. right. You know, he doesn't do that stuff. Right. Yeah, I think and, you have to remember as well that, you know, if you're going to call Tim Keller a Marxist and you're on the right, then you have to be prepared for the left to call you a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the equivalent, you know. It's, okay, so I'm against social justice, so you're obviously a white supremacist. Right. That's how the polarized debate carves mm-hmm. up. And it's, it's yeah. mindless. Right. And it actually prevents you from getting at the real issues. Because as soon as you've daubed somebody as a Marxist or a white supremacist, the discussion's over because right. we both know that neither of those two groups have a legitimate place at the table right. in Christian discussion. Right. So I think, you know, you've got to be careful that the, you know, with the measure you measure it out, it will be measured back to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just a skill that doing this is the right. Oh, indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. And again, what, what's confounded me is that there are plenty of ways to thoughtfully engage with Tim Keller. And again, he should be engaged with because he is of his enormous influence. So absolutely respond, engage. And there's plenty of things to offer thoughtful, sound, helpful criticism of some of his perspectives. There's a place for that. There's a need for that. But then when I see people tweeting out that literally that he is an apostate, a gospel denying apostate, mm-hmm which I've seen those words tweeted out about Tim Keller. I just think, see, that ruins then any thoughtful engagement that could be helpful. Deal with the content of his writing, you know? Right. And that's Um, what critical thinking does. And in an ecclesiastical context, the place to deal with that is the courts of the church. Mm -hmm. It's not really for any individual to declare a man to be apostate. We might say that his teaching is erroneous. You know, I do think that it's public teaching is subject to public scrutiny. Maybe something I've written is erroneous. I'm open to that. But to declare a man apostate, to make a statement about Mm -hmm. his apparent eternal destiny, if you like, Mm -hmm. that's the task of the church. That's not for any individual to take that on themselves. And I think we need to to bear that in mind as well. Yes, indeed. So, Carl, before you close us out, I I, I just hope you'll be more careful in the future. I will. Um, in, in defending the indefensible, uh, the way that, uh, that, that you have so carelessly done, and you have risked Amy and I's uh, reputations. And, uh, well, I understand that, and I've decided I'm, you, you won't get this, but any, any listeners in Britain of a certain age will get it. From now on, when I put a negative in, I'm going to use Frankie Howard's statement, nay, nay, thrice nay, to emphasize the negative. <laughs> so I am not. Well, that sounds Nothing nerdy about that. <laughs> well, we're glad you have joined us today for the Mortification of Spin. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you, along with my two co-hosts, uh, Amy Bird and Todd Pruitt. As a giveaway, we've done it before, but it's an important book, and clearly its impact has not been as great as we had hoped (laughs) on the reformed Twitter sphere. Uh, We're hoping to give away three copies of Alan Jacobs' book, How to Think, which is a masterclass, not only in how to think, but how to express that thought in writing. Mm 
Yeah. Uh, so please visit our website, mortificationspin.org, for a chance to win a copy of Alan Jacobs' wonderful little book. While you're there, please uh, note that we are a viewer-supported podcast. Uh, we do not receive state funding. Uh, we are not some kind of Marxist corporation <laughs> of the government. Uh, please feel free to make a donation to us at that point. We promise we won't send any of it to Venezuela. Uh, I've, I've tried pushing that, but the, the man won't allow that. So please uh, feel free to make a donation. Uh, and in the meantime, we look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about seminaries like ours. We exist for the church. It's not the other way around. The Lord will keep us here as long as we do our work of supplying the front lines with capable men and women to serve the church well. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. Katrina will call you, Amy, and give you the... Okay. She was empowered to use your postmodern feminist. <laughs> when do I use this word? You used it in an email this afternoon. Or in a text thinking, this, this language of empowerment is beginning to creep in. Horror movies are now empowering of teenagers. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, Amy's, oh, Amy's postmodern emasculating yeah. feminism. She's going to be talking That's about me. the other with a capital <laughs> 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 <laughs>